Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. If you've ever tried to do a deal that you didn't have all the money for, then you've had to go out and raise capital. We're going to talk today about how to do that easily, effectively, and efficiently today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me, as usual, our financial strategist and co-host, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. You know, we have a great guest today. He's a real estate investor and developer. And so if you hear construction noise today, that just means the Real Estate Guys are out in the field. We love to get out and around. It's such a big, beautiful world. Yes, absolutely. And we encourage everybody else to do that, too. That's why we promote live events. That's why we produce live events. That's why we do field trips. Because all of the action happens out in the real world. Computers are great for uh, finding, you know, an entry point to do some research, to find out where it might be interesting to go or who it might be interesting to meet. But ultimately, you've got to get out in the real world and make connections. And I don't think technology is really ever going to change that. You know, it's true for our topic today, too. Not everybody is going to raise capital in their real estate career but probably most are. At some point, you're going to find a deal that is just so great that you can't not do it, but you also don't have all the capital in place. And so a lot of folks just give up at that point. They're like, well, I can't do this one. I'm going to have to sit it out. What a mistake that could be. Instead, if you'll look at perhaps partnering with somebody, raising capital, that's a variety of ways we're going to talk about today that you would actually come along somebody else's money and do a deal. And it is such a strength to be able to raise capital. Well, I mean, we talk about this all the time, and it really is the secret. Everybody, every big real estate investor, every big real estate developer, anybody that does anything of any scale or scope is using syndication. They're, and we've been teaching that for a long time. We've had a lot of people come in through the program and have good success with it. That's great too. We're not the only ones out there teaching it. We're not the only ones out there doing it. We just recognize the opportunity coming out of the financial crisis. You know, with my background in the mortgage business, it was clear to me that the distribution of money from savers, which is really what all funnels through Wall Street and those mortgage-backed securities, those are investors, people who have worked, earned money, live below their means, saved, and now they want to put that capital to work. And they turn to Wall Street for help doing that. And Wall Street is more than happy to make up whatever to sell them because they just make condensation on the pipe. They make commissions on money flowing through their their system. When that system broke down, especially with respect to real estate in the mortgage space, there became a huge opportunity to get involved in syndication. Of course, little did we know that the United States government was going to loosen the restrictions there had been placed on people going out out and actively soliciting accredited investors. And so that opened up a whole new avenue. And of course, real estate did what real estate always does, which is it came back. 
people say, oh, you know, real estate's over. Real estate wasn't over. Real estate wasn't the problem. It was bonds and mortgage-backed securities that was the problem. And so that opportunity to fix that problem is to aggregate capital privately and bring it into private deals. So we've been big fans of teaching and encouraging Main Street to invest in Main Street. And that's not just in the United States. Exactly. There is so much capital out there. And you've heard about the capital on the sidelines. Okay, well, we've heard about that for years and years. And you go out and you say, well, I can't find any of it. Well, that's because maybe you're not looking in the right place. So many people want to get money to work, but very few people want to do the work to put the money to work. And that's where the opportunity is to raise capital to sit with somebody who wants to see return but doesn't have the time or inclination to come to seminars, to go into markets and learn, to kick the dirt, to form the relationships, to get educated on how to do a deal. All that stuff is your advantage as a real estate investor. Well, I, this is the key. And and you, you, you talked about how, oh, I can't find those people. I don't know those people. You're fishing in the wrong pond. Right. I mean, just think about it right now. If you want to go f- catch say, tuna that lives in saltwater and you're fishing in a freshwater pond, you're never going to catch a tuna, right? It's just never going to happen. And so it's learning how to get into those social networks that you need to be in. And this is the problem because a lot of times we think about raising money, friends and family. Well, you know what? If you don't have a lot of money, you probably hang out with a lot of people that don't have a lot of money. But you can change that. You can change who you hang out with. And, you know, learning how to build those bridges of relationships, finding ways to add value, to deserve to be in the room. It is possible. I mean, we've certainly done it. We get in rooms way over our head just as a matter of course. I mean, we came out of the financial crisis and one of our first resolutions was we can no longer be the most affluent, smartest guys in the room. We've got to get in rooms where we're the tiniest fish. We're at the lowest level of the food chain. Amoeba, really. Yeah, we're we're in a room where we, we don't even belong there and yet we've got to find a way to be in that room. And of course, fast forward, here we are hanging out with just ridiculously amazing people and building those relationships and the thing is each one of those relationships that you build you actually elevate your status because you have a relationship with someone then someone else sees you and goes oh you have a relationship with someone notable therefore you must be somewhat notable and pretty soon you just all of a sudden you're hanging out you know and you can do that too and that's the key it's one of my favorite topics it's a topic I teach at our syndication seminar is building your brand and building your network and that really is the secret again That's why it's so important that you get out in the real world and go meet people and network and put yourself in situations where you're uncomfortable. Get used to being uncomfortable. In fact, I say get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. But just getting in the right room doesn't do the trick. You can't just wander around to affluent people and ask for their money. There's a lot more keys to raising capital. That's what we're going to talk about. When we come back, you'll meet our guest today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Memphis is famous for being the home of the king of rock and roll, but it's also the king of cash flow. If you're looking for affordable cash flow properties, it's hard to beat Memphis. Get your portfolio rocking and more cash flowing your way by calling Terry Kerr at Mid-South Home Buyers. Terry's the king of turnkey properties. Contact Terry through the resource section at realestateguysradio.com. And be sure to order Terry's tips for turnkey rental property investing report. It's free. Just send your request to turnkey at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Patrick from Paradigm Life. I've recently written an ebook called The Perpetual Wealth Strategy. The ebook discusses one of the best investments, real estate, combined with a financial vehicle used by the wealthy, many U.S. presidents, famous actors, athletes, and even Houdini himself. 
You can download the ebook for free in the resources section on the Real Estate Guys Radio homepage. Don't wait. Go download it now. Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you're serious about learning how to invest in real estate, listen to the Real Estate Guys. They really know what they're talking about. And welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program heard every weekend on this wonderful radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com. We're talking today about raising capital. And to help us do that, let's meet a gentleman who is a real estate investor, developer, and author, Victor Minash. How are you, Victor? Great to be here. Well, great to have you on the show. We've been talking about getting you on for a while, and I'm glad we're finally uh, together here. Now, uh, you wrote a book called The Great Canadian Takeover, and uh, that's because you're a guy from Canada who buys real estate in the U.S. Tell us about the book. That's exactly right. So I started developing and buying properties in the United States following the meltdown in U.S. real estate, and I saw a void in the market because most of the books that had been written on the topic predated 2008, and it's a completely different world. So I wrote the book because I really saw a need, uh, and and it's simply a, what we do as a matter of course in our business. Um, so it's the it's the techniques and and systems that we have in our business. Right, and one of the things you've been able to do is to go effectively into different real estate markets in the U.S. mostly from your office in Canada. That's exactly right. Getting out into the field when necessary and, and, and all that. So let's talk about some of the kinds of real estate development that you're doing. So today we're very active in both Chicago and Philadelphia. Uh, in Philadelphia, we're building primarily apartment buildings, infill projects. Uh, these are close to the downtown core. Philadelphia is a very diverse market. It has some very great neighborhoods and some pretty rough neighborhoods. They're very close to each other, sometimes just a block apart. And the opportunity is in that sharp dividing line. So we often simply find that line between the great neighborhood and the really crap neighborhood, and we simply buy on the line, move the line. Now, if you do one property, nobody cares, nobody notices. Right. Your, you know, your value is determined by what's around you. If you put a little scale behind it, you do 10, you do 20, the marketplace says, oh, I get it now, the line is moved. And that's all it takes sometimes is just that extra little bit of scale to convince the marketplace. And now you're borrowing the value from that expensive neighborhood next door. And, and you get huge value creation. We buy properties at 10 cents on the dollar. We redevelop them and we get them reappraised at 95 cents on the dollar in the hot neighborhood. So the value creation is enormous. Well, especially if you're strategic like that, because you can't just go buy anywhere. You've got to buy on that line, know where that line is and make sure that you're buying property that you can then redevelop. So are these generally empty lots you're buying or you're tearing stuff down? What are you doing? It's both. Sometimes we get vacant lots. Uh, you know, if we have to do a demolition, it's actually more expensive because you have to add the demo cost. Right. You know, sometimes a vacant lot is, is cheaper than something with a structure. It really just depends. Our focus is primarily land assembly. So if we can get three or four lots together, if they're zoned RM1, which is multi-unit residential, three lots, that'll give us, you know, typically nine, 10 units. If we get five lots together, we'll put 13, 14 units. It just depends on how much land we can assemble at a particular point in time. And this is investment stock. This isn't property you're selling to end users. This is really this is investment. buy and hold. Yeah, exactly. It's buy and hold. So, you know, our, our, our exit, so to speak, is not really an exit. It's an interim exit. So if the appraised value, let's say, is a million dollars on a particular project, I want to cap my investment at something around 700000 Refinance the project at 70% loan to value, recoup 100% of my invested capital, and now I'm holding essentially a no money down deal that's generating positive cash flow with 30% equity. Uh, so it's a you know fairly safe equity ratio. And I've created that 30% quote unquote profit margin right off the top, right, right at the inception of the project. And so it, it's a great way to get high margin projects 
without necessarily having to sell them, which is, of course, a taxable event. Now, I'm guessing to do uh, many of these deals, you're out raising capital. I know that's the thing you've done for a long time, and that's really what we wanted to pick your brain on today, is you've uh, been able to successfully raise money for projects, and you've uh, developed some uh, some really great technique around it. You no, know, this is an area that I started you know, early in my career. I, I, my career started in high tech. I was an executive in both uh, telecom and semiconductor companies. Uh, raised a lot of money for mergers and acquisitions and found that that was a portable skill set that I could carry over into the world of real estate. And, you know, I like what Russ said earlier. Real estate is one of those games that the dollar values are big and everybody runs out of money at some point. Right. So, so if you have the ability to raise capital, that's really game changing. Uh, it, you know, otherwise you just hit a ceiling and that's where you stop. And if you have the ability to raise capital, uh, it, it unlocks that. It gives you the ability to get escape velocity, and you're not stuck in that low-Earth orbit that, that you're forever stuck in. Well, this is interesting, right? From a corporate perspective, you think about going out and raising money, and instantly that sets aside a whole group of fears and thoughts that people have about you know approaching their brother-in-law or that rich guy they know. Because in the corporate world, it's not personal. It's just information. Either the numbers make sense or they don't. There's lots of money for that kind of stuff. Now you take that mindset and you translate it over to raising private capital to do real estate. If you have that background, it's no different. If you don't, it's a completely different world. You know, it's interesting you say that because whether it's actually for a corporate buyout, whether it's for a real estate project, or even raising money for a charity, the process for raising capital is remarkably similar. It's almost identical. And I've been studying it for a little while. I've done it. You know, I've raised over $300 million of capital in my career between tech and, and real estate. And so now I consider it really a core competence, something that I teach. I teach workshops on how to raise capital. And, and the reason I started doing that is because nobody's teaching it. Right. Um, it, it's amazing. For, for a topic that is of such vital importance to the business world, I don't understand why nobody's teaching it. Well, you came out to our Secrets of Successful syndication uh, for a day. We got introduced by a mutual friend, which is yes. awesome. And, and uh, that's really the two parts of syndication in our world is you've got to find deals, you've got to find money. You wake up every day as a syndicator with those two things. I got to find deals, I got to find money. And the money part is often what people fear the most. Because the kind of people that are attracted to the seminar are deal junkies and they, they maybe have, you know, a pipeline for deals, but they don't yet have a pipeline for money. Right. So how do you get started? Well, I, really, when I talk to people about raising capital, the first objection I get from them is, well, I'm uncomfortable asking for money. I say, great, then don't ask for money. Don't do it. Right. So what I do is I give people the opportunity to collaborate on a project, which is a completely different posture. Right. And the way that I think about raising capital, it's a little bit like a pair of shoes. If you go to the shoe store and you find a pair of shoes that you like, uh, they're beautiful, may, they may be on sale, but if they don't fit, it actually doesn't matter how cheap they are or how lovely they are. Right. So, so the key to raising capital is to figure out what is the fit between the project that you're trying to do and the goals for the money. Those two have to align together. If they don't align, you're not going to be successful raising the capital. And I really broke it down into five different elements that you have to meet. And if you hit every single one of those elements, then raising capital is actually remarkably easy. But when it gets difficult is when you have one or more of those elements that are missing. Well, we'll talk about some of those before we're done. Sure. Um, but it's a great analogy, right? No matter how great the shoe looks, no matter how cheap it is to buy, if it doesn't fit, I'm not a buyer. Exactly. And that doesn't upset anybody. It doesn't upset anybody. And yet when we start talking about money, people get very uncomfortable with it. And it, it's because it's our, our mindset. We have a lot of emotional baggage around money. And money is just fuel. That's all it is. 
you know, it, whatever beliefs you have around money, the more money you have, you'll simply do more of that. If you, if all you know how to do with money is spend it, the more money you have, the more money you'll spend. If you know how to multiply money, the more money you have, the more money you will multiply. It's just that, it's just fuel. That's all it is. All right. Good stuff. So as you're starting to raise capital, you haven't done it before. You know, you train a lot of people who are new to this yes. and they're thinking, well, I don't even know who I talk to. What are some ideas about how do you get in the right conversations, even to start with, to determine, is there that possible fit? Well, I'm going to pick up on what, what Russ said, because the first element is relationship. And I really use the word relationship very deliberately. I hate the word networking because networking has a utilitarian feel to it. Right. And nobody wants to be used. I mean, look, people with money, people with wealth are just people like anybody else. And they don't want to be used any more than you and I do. And when people have money, they become a target to get used. People sure. want them for one reason and one reason only because they have money. Oh, there's entire seminars about how to go after the high net worth individual. Exactly, exactly. So it really ha the, it starts at the foundation with relationships. So if you didn't have a relationship with somebody, would you part with your hard-earned cash with somebody you didn't know? Probably not. Most people won't. So it really does start with relationship, and it, it has to be a very genuine relationship. If I'm going to develop a relationship with an ultra-high net worth individual, a billionaire, if they're a billionaire and I'm not, there's that, there is an imbalance. You have to acknowledge that. So you have to make the relationship about something that's not money. And you have to make it in such a way that they don't feel like you want something from them. Because that, as soon as they sense that, the hand is going to go up, the filter is going to go up, and you've closed the door. So you really need to find some common ground with them that is not about their money. And then once you've developed a relationship, you can ask them for advice. You can share with them what you're doing and wait for them to come to you and say, you know, I'm, I'm interested in doing something with you. You know, a reason that makes a ton of sense is that no matter what the level of relationship is, too early in the relationship, it's probably not appropriate to ask for money. Hi, how right. are you? Nice to meet you. What are your kids' names? And I need a hundred grand. Exactly. It doesn't usually work very well. Instead, this is a slower pace business to be in. So I think one of the first lessons is don't go out and try to raise capital if you need the money by Friday. Absolutely. And you know, it has a gestation period associated with it. It's measured in months to years. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It never is. But it is relationship building over a long period of time. In fact, one of the rules of thumb that I use with people is don't even talk about business until the sixth time that you've met somebody. Okay. If they bring it up, find maybe that you can accelerate it, but don't even bring up business until you've met somebody five or six times. Yeah, good stuff. So as you're starting this process of relationship building, I'm in the same camp. I don't know why. I've always bristled against that networking term as though right. it was somehow devious that I've got to get around and get all the business cards in the room. And right. you know what it's like when you meet someone who's disingenuine. They get your card and then you get that email and you're like, I'm never going to do business with this person. So let's talk about some of the ways that you can build relationship with somebody, not make it about business, but have it be genuine. Very simple. You know, people with, with high net worth are often involved in philanthropy. And that's a great place to get to build relationships with folks. You don't have to have nine or ten figures in your bank account to attend a charity event and to collaborate with a high net worth individual towards a good cause. You can develop relationship simply based on that common interest. And it could be another, you know, it could be really anything. Your interest might be golf. It might be deep sea fishing. It might be, uh, it doesn't matter. As long as you have some common interest, 
that you can connect on on a personal level. Well, and this is back to that fit because part of the fit is the deal, right. but also part of the fit is the deal maker. When I invest in, in somebody else's project, to me, it's always about who is the team, what is their reputation, what relationship do I have within the team? Right. Is it just one person or is there more than that? Right. And that's what drives me way more than ROI. Well, so you're now starting to segue into one of the second area that is is critical to raising capital, and that's track record. What are your, What are your results? Now, you know, one of the things that I hear often from rookie investors is, well, I don't have a track record, so how can I raise capital? How can I raise capital if I don't have a track record? Right. How do, you know, I'm stuck. You're thinking about it the wrong way. This is not like your grade three math test where if you look on someone else's paper, you're cheating. Business is a team sport. So go work with somebody else who has a track record. Maybe do that for a year, maybe two years, and now you can legitimately borrow some of their credibility because you've worked in that business. So you don't think of it like, I have to do this all by myself. Partner with somebody. Go work with somebody. People are not going to want to place money with a single individual. They want to place money in a in a project or in a business that's a going concern. So so it's got to have a little bit of scale. It's got to have some sustainability. If it's if it's a solopreneur, people do, people don't invest in the self-employed. They invest in businesses. Well, that's a great point. We always talk about building your experience resume. Yeah. And an excellent way to do that is to get around someone who's doing the type of business you'd like to do and figure out how can you add value. Don't worry about getting paid. Don't worry about doing a deal. Worry about learning, exactly. getting around high productive people. When I started in real estate, real estate sales many, many years ago, I got around a guy who was top 10 in his brand in the world. And a lot of people cautioned me against that. They said, oh, that guy's got this terrible reputation. Well, his terrible reputation was because he got a ton of business in the marketplace. And like any top producer in a marketplace of virtually any industry, there's all the folks who aren't doing as well that want to badmouth that person. And my whole thing was, I don't want to be this guy. I just want to learn from this guy. He's doing something right. And that was such an incredible shortcut for me in residential income property sales that, you know, was, I was rookie of the year because I hung around with a guy that just what he spilled was a ton of business. Exactly, exactly. When you surround yourself with the best people in the world, it really does rub off. You get insights you get to take advantage of their experience in ways that you it would take you decades to do on your own. Well, speaking of hanging around with the best people in the world, a few weeks back, we had George Wass on the program, and uh, that's because you introduced us, which was uh, amazing. Uh, tell us how you, uh, you met George. It's funny. So I met George about five years ago at an event here in New York City. My family's originally from Manhattan, and so we started to develop a bit of a relationship. And then we started having a monthly coaching call for literally about three years. Wow. And uh, so we really developed quite a good relationship over that time period. He's just so masterful. He he loves to give back to the community, loves to talk about investing. He loves to talk about philanthropy, uh, negotiation. These are topics that are really near and dear to his heart. Even now, he's retired uh, from the Trump Organization, and, and he's active in a community college where he's helping students uh, in the business school with their marketing projects. You know, it's, it's really quite amazing. And, and even before, you know, when he was still working with Donald, he was teaching at NYU in the, in, in, in the law school. He was teaching negotiation for, for over 20 years. So he really does love to give back. And uh, his depth, his insight, 
his energy level. I mean, and the man is 88 years old, and he's still, in my opinion, at the top of his game. Oh, my gosh. Just amazing. If you haven't had a chance to hear that interview with George Ross, go back a few weeks and, and listen to that. Uh, and before we're done, we'll tell you how you can meet George, because that's part of the thing, right? Guys like that, yeah. who they've earned all the money that they need to make, they're still active mentally, yeah. and they do things like go out and teach. There's some amazing courses taught by economists and developers and real estate attorneys and all those folks, and that that's a great way to, I'm not saying you're going to prospect that first person to put money in your deal, but you start getting around these kinds of people, they affect the way you think, and Absolutely. they start to introduce you to places to go, people to meet, and other ideas. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, George is a very high net worth individual, and I would never even dream of asking him to invest with me. It wouldn't make any sense. Number one, it's not where he's at in his life. But number two, I wouldn't, that would poison the relationship. Right. I, you know, I really want to add value to him and and he's adding tremendous value to me just by the fact that I can pick up the phone and call him literally anytime as I mean as you saw and and you know we got to hang out at his house you know he's he's really just such a genuine individual and he loves to give back and and I just cherish the relationship oh my goodness he was a wonderful gracious host we had the interview that we did a few weeks back and then we hung out for another hour just uh, chatting up and oh my yeah. goodness the stories amazing stuff in fact uh, we're gonna play real estate trivia when we come back from this break and you're gonna get a chance to win an autographed copy of one of George Ross's books. Stay with us. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Hi, this is Gene Epstein, economics editor from Barron's, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. We're talking today about how you can raise capital for small deals, large deals, philanthropy deals, all kinds of ways that you can get around folks and help them by putting their capital to work. Before we get back to our discussion with Victor Minash, we're going to play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question. As soon as you hear the question and know the answer, send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com, trivia at realestateguysradio.com. The prize this week is an amazing, amazing prize. It is an autographed copy of George Ross's great book, Trump-style negotiation. When we were with George a few weeks back, he signed that for you as long as you get the right answer to us. Hey, before I give you this week's trivia question, last week on The Real Estate Guys, we asked this, where is the world's largest collection of mustards and mustard memorabilia? Well, I know it was a brain-wracking question, but believe it or not, 
We have folks that figured this out. The answer, it's the National Mustard Museum in Middleton, Wisconsin. Now, if you don't want to make a trip to Middleton, you can actually go online because they have an online world of mustard. In fact, they have an online college of mustard that they call, are you ready for this? Poop on you. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. So, Victor's from Ottawa, Canada. You may know that Ottawa is the capital of Canada. Here's what I want to know. What does the name Ottawa mean? Where did the name Ottawa come from? It has a meaning that has something to do with the nature of the city. If you know that, I want to take a guess. And it's a tough question because this is a big old prize, an autographed copy of George Ross's book, Trump Style Negotiation. As soon as you think you know the answer to that question, send it to us to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and your physical mailing address because we have to send you the book. It's trivia at realestateguysradio.com. That's today's Real estate trivia question. We're talking with developer Victor Minaj about raising capital. It's not the only skill set you need to develop real estate and to be a real estate investor, but when you run out of your own money, it sure is nice when you can include some other people in your deals. Exactly, exactly. So let's continue in terms of what is it that you need to raise capital? There right. are really five elements we've touched on the first two, relationship, results. The third one is trust. And trust is one of those things that's not just, is this an honest person that I'm dealing with? There's a whole psychological contract of trust and has multiple layers to it. So it's like, can I trust you to put together a good plan? Can I trust you to execute the plan? Can I trust you to hire a good team? Can I trust you to communicate when things are going well and when they're not going well? Can I trust you with my money? And on and on and on. And if even one of those elements are missing, it doesn't work. So, you know, really take a deep analysis of what that psychological contract of trust means and focus on it. Can I trust you to meet small commitments? When you say you're going to be there at such and such a time, are you there or are you there 10 minutes late? All those little things chip away at trust. So that's that's critical. That's the third third well, element. Well, it is critical. And in any ongoing business relationship, you don't continue in a business relationship or even a personal relationship once you realize trust isn't there. Exactly. And trust has to be earned slowly over time. Yes. Right? It's hard to get quickly into a relationship where someone can trust you. And, and one of the, the keys when I hear someone say, you know, trust me, I'm least likely to trust someone who's constantly telling me I should trust them right. because you don't give trust. Trust is earned. Exactly right. Exactly right. All right. So first is you've got to have a relationship. And next is you have to have a track record. Exactly. And those things together can be the foundation for trust. Yes. If I know you and I know you're competent, that's going to give me a more a better feeling when it comes to can I trust you? It's a foundation, but it's it's like you said, it's something that's built over time and it's built through actions. It's not built through words. Uh, so people look at, you know, is this person really doing what they say they're going to do? And that's how trust is built. It's that simple. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that's a, that's three. What else? Next is you got to have a compelling opportunity. Now, compelling opportunity is a little bit in the eye of the beholder. Someone might say, well, this, this particular project is 20% off in the marketplace. Well, that might be compelling for you, but it might not be for somebody else. Right. I mean, the number of times I've heard, you know, someone say, well, I had a great deal, but I couldn't get it funded. Well, that's a, that, there's a clue in that. <laughs> How good of a deal could it have been? Exactly. Right. The, the best deal is, the funding is not going to be the problem, right? A great deal attracts capital. As long as, as Russ was talking about, you're fishing in the right pond. Well, that's right. And, you know, all good deals get done and they get done quickly. It's not a question of whether, you know, it's going to get done or not. It's a question is, are you going to do it? Am I going to do it? Is someone else going to do it? But all good deals get done. And, you know, some people chase deals. 
Uh, and that's, in my view, scarcity mentality. You know, we, we all know what scarcity mentality is. The pie is only so big. And so if I'm going to get some, that means I'm taking from you. Right. And and I don't think of things that way, although there's certainly a large percentage of the population that, that do operate that way. People who chase deals, you know, when you see bidding wars on a particular property, that's scarcity mentality. If you look at the most successful developers in the world, they aren't chasing deals. Right. They create them. Yeah. And that's the difference. They're making the pie bigger. You know, they, they will look at a particular property. They will envision something different in its place. And we talk about it in terms of highest and best use and things like that. But they will envision something that is not what is there currently. They're not simply deal chasing. They're, they're deal making. Well, that's such a good point. You know, we talk often about the fact that in investment real estate, that you create business when you want to create business. You don't have to, you know, if I'm, if I'm uh, moving, I'm going to move because I have a reason in my life to move. I get relocated. I get married. I have too many kids, whatever the reason is. But investors are always open to a good deal. If you're a good deal finder and you have that network built up and there's the trust and you have competence and you have track record and you have a relationship, funding the deal is the easiest part of it. That's exactly right. Now, you know, the the final element, which is maybe one of the most difficult for people to wrap their minds around, I call it alignment. And that is, you've got to have alignment between the goals for the money and the goals for the project. If you don't have that alignment, it's not going to work. So you can take that last element and further break it down into a bunch of pretty straightforward criteria. You know, what is the size of the investment? What is the term of the investment? How long is the money going to be tied up for? What's the rate of return? What's the risk? What's the security? What's the tax consequence? What's the exit strategy? All of those things. And you have to hit on all of those. If you don't hit on all of those, it's not going to work. Well, this is back to the shoe analogy, right? That's when you're trying on the shoe and making sure, well, it kind of fits, but it's it's too tight here or, or it falls off my feet here. All those things. If it doesn't fit exactly, you're not walking out with a pair of shoes. Yeah. Now, unsophisticated investors sometimes will have a looser set of criteria because they really haven't honed their skills as investors. Yeah. The bigger the money you're dealing with, the more selective typically they will be. They will have nine or ten criteria, and you have to hit on all ten. If you don't, they're not going to do it. Now, that can be a little bit seductive because if you're hitting on nine out of ten, you think it almost works. Now, when something almost works, it actually doesn't. But it's seductive because it looks like it might. Right. So you've got to be able to figure out fairly quickly. So you don't waste your time. You don't waste their time. You don't burn bridges in the relationship that, you know, you've, you're trying to do something that's a force fit. And this is really important. It's got to feel like a natural fit. If there's any element of it that feels forced, it's not going to work. Often people get wrapped around the emotion of, I got to get this deal done. I got to get this deal done. When you, as soon as you do that, you, you become desperate and, People are not attracted to desperation. No, they're not. You know, it's it's just like dating. You know, especially the women in the audience, you know this. The, the more desperate the guy appears, the more repulsive he is. Right. But it's exactly the same. No, it's such a good point. And, and, you know, when people are out there looking to place their capital somewhere, they're looking for that fit. They may have that same anxiousness. I need to get this money to work. I need to get this money to work. And you're right. going, i got to make this deal happen. But here's the thing. If you're not disciplined to make sure that it is a fit, that's going to be the most expensive money you ever took. Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, I, I always want to be very careful who I take money from. Uh, you know, if, if it's really not going to be a good fit, even if it's, look, for example, it's a win-lose relationship, I don't want to do it, even if I'm on the winning side. Right. So it's got to be win-win. 
know, I might say, well, this money is really inexpensive, so I, I might be attracted to it and want to take it. But but you also got to look at the terms on the back end. You got to look at the investor's goals. If you know, if you're looking for money for two years and he wants his money out in six months, you might get the money today, but you're going to have a heap of problems in six months when he wants his money back. So it's really critical to get that alignment. If you don't have that alignment, you've got to be able to walk away and, and move on to the next guy. Well, back to number one, right? Relationship. We approach every potential investment as a long-term relationship. Yep. It may be that someone puts in the capital in one of your deals once and that's it and they're done and that's fine. You had a season together. But if you approach it with the fact that every one of your investors, when they come out of the deal, is going to look to you to get that money back to work, that builds your long-term business. It continues to play on the trust and build your track record. It does all the right things, but not if you're not mindful from it. Well, exactly right. And so many of our investors, you know, we return capital to them and they say, okay, great, what's next? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's wonderful when that happens. Sometimes they don't. You know, they may have other things going on in their lives. They may... You know, need it for some other business or maybe some medical issue or whatever it may be, and that's fine. But the focus is, you know, really on, like you said, the relationship because that's really what matters. That's really what matters. All right. Well, this has been great stuff. There's a thousand things we could talk about, and I know uh, we're going to add our names to the list of people encouraging you to write this book with this information because, like you say, no one's teaching this stuff. And uh, we've also invited Victor to come out to Secrets of Successful Syndication when his schedule allows to share some of these ideas. And it's not just, of course, what you learn, but it's the people you get around. That's how you build relationships. Now, let's talk about this event you're doing. You've got an event in New York City with George Ross. We talked about it a little bit uh, a few weeks back. But, you know, George isn't on the speaking circuit exactly, right? So he is getting not. a chance to get around this guy is, is pretty extraordinary. Yeah, so we're hosting the New York Capital Summit. It's going to be at the Grand Hyatt Hotel on September 23rd and 24th. And the Grand Hyatt's a very interesting, uh, let's say, topical place to, to hold this event, uh, especially with George as the keynote speaker for, for the event. Uh, this was the very first project that George did with Donald Trump when right. Donald was 27 years of age. It was a derelict hotel owned by the Pennsylvania Railway. And George helped Donald put together the whole project. You know, this was one of those no money down deals where Donald brought no capital to the table. He learned to raise capital with George's help, right, you know, at a very young age. Yep. And, you know, at the end, uh, put together a, a, a magnificent marquee properties right next to Grand Central Station, partnered with the Pritzker family from Hyatt Hotels. Uh, and eventually, you know, several years later, when they went their separate ways, he managed to net $85 million from his buyout of, of the hotel. So it was a very craftily executed project, a lot of complexity, a lot of moving parts. And it's an amazing story, uh, and, you know, especially to hear it from George in the venue. Uh, we've got uh, some amazing things uh, surrounding the hotel uh, plan for the event as well. Some behind the scenes tours with some of the old timers that were there originally from uh, when it was the Commodore Hotel, so it's going to be kind of kind of fun. Well, think about that. Someone who worked at that property back when it was barely breathing and has stuck through it through this entire history and legacy. I bet there's some stories there too. Absolutely. And the thing about George, he's got such a wealth of information. You know, before he worked for Donald, you know, we listened to the segment from a couple of weeks ago. You know, he worked for Saul Goldman and and, and DiLorenzo for for a decade and did over 700 deals over that time period and. And when I've talked with George about that, he said every single one of those deals, Victor, was different. I learned something from every single one. Right. And, and that's been my experience as well. Every single project I work on, there's some twist, there's some nuance, there's some new learning. 
And, you know, here's a guy, 88 years old, and he's really still at the top of his game. It's amazing. Well, in fact, you've uh, done a really cool thing. And we talked about this a little bit uh, when we had uh, George on uh, the program. But as you've gotten to know him and as you have had personal real estate issues, challenges, questions, uh, you've not only been able to go to George, but with his permission, you've recorded some of these calls. Tell us about that. Correct. Yeah. So we, we I've got hours and hours of uh, discussion that George and I've held together. And uh, we've packaged up some of this. And we'll be putting this out for your listeners over the course of the next few weeks. And if you want to come to this event in New York, to the New York Capital Summit, and ask George some of your own questions directly, you'll have the opportunity to do that. It won't be everybody, of course. It'll be a select few. But you'll have an opportunity to hear directly from him, as well as some of the other uh, amazing faculty that we have at the at the event to really get a you know a deep look at your at your business problem and get some amazing advice. So what you want to do is you want to send us an email to George at realestateguysradio.com. What that's going to do is give you access to some of these personal calls that Victor and George have done. I've listened through uh, some of these and it's great stuff. I mean he gets into really deep stuff on specific situations and you may not be in the same situation, but you're definitely going to learn something uh, by listening. Uh, listening uh, through the calls. So I think uh, that's just a great treasure trove of information that I don't know any other way you're going to get. So thank you for sharing that, Victor. That's awesome. And then, of course, we'll be, make sure they get information about the event. Now, what else is happening? It's it's two days, so it's it, not just George Ross. So I'll be teaching specifically on raising capital. So we'll be doing a, a, a big segment on that. We have Mauricio Raul uh, from your team. He's a syndication attorney, real expert on how to put together syndications. He'll be speaking on how to structure deals. That's going to be amazing. We also have a couple of uh, surprise speakers that are going to be pretty amazing as well. So it's going to be a great event opportunity. It doesn't matter whether you're an investor looking to raise capital or if you are somebody with a lot of capital looking to put capital to work, this event is for you because really raising capital and placing capital are opposite sides of the same coin. You know, we talked about alignment being critical. Well, it is critical for both sides. So the very same things that you have to worry about as as a developer, you also have to worry about if you're looking to put money to work. It's exactly the same thing, just from the other side of that exact same coin. Well, no deals happen without capital, and without capital, there's no deals, right? I mean, so it it absolutely one hand washes the other. I've always said a great way to learn the business of syndication and raising capital is to put some money in somebody else's deal. Go through all these same steps, vet the person and the personality, make sure the deal makes sense, the alignment you talked about. But if so, what a great way to sit back and watch somebody else perform the very thing you're going to want to do. Well, exactly. If you know, if I'm looking to put money to work, what are the things I need to worry about? Is the developer doing the work correctly? What are the legalities? What's the deal structure? What is my security? What is my safety? Security and safety are not exactly the same. It's a combination of risk and security together yeah. combined to define safety. And so if you can start to break that down and understand what all these various elements are, you can you can place your monies, number one, in, in more interesting projects, but number two, you can do it more safely. All right. If you're interested in attending the New York Capital Summit, you can go on our website at realestateguysradio.com under events and you'll find all the information there. Hey, Victor, before we let you out of here, you've been in real estate a long time yes. as an investor, as a developer. Uh, what advice might you have for someone who's out there, they're thinking about getting into it, they're not sure if it's right for, for, for them, you were at one point in that position. Uh, what thoughts do you have? I think really the number one thing is to surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself with experience. This stuff is not taught in college. It's not taught in university. It's really, it's a very small percentage of the population that really know how to do this and do it well. And it's by getting exposure to those people. Now, 
there's more than one way to make money in real estate. Some people say I, I specialize in industrial. Another guy says I only do medical office buildings. You know, it's a little bit of the eye of the beholder. People develop a formula for what works for them. Doesn't mean it's necessarily the right thing for you. You'll need to develop your own formula. It might be in self-storage. It might be in golf courses. It doesn't matter as long as you develop a formula that is repeatable, scalable, that, you know, you can go back to investors on a regular basis and say, here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. If all of your projects are different, if one week you do self-storage, the next week you do an office building, the week after that you do a trailer park, it's going to be very difficult for you to build a track record. You've got to develop a formula that you can do sustainably and repeatedly so that your investors can look at you and say, oh, I get it. You are the medical office building specialist. And I know that if I, you've done 10 of these before, the 11th one is going to be just like the 10 that came before it. All right. Good stuff. Well, we appreciate uh, your time and talent today, and we'll look forward to uh, seeing you in New York City at the New York Capital event. Thanks, Victor. Thank you. Great to be here. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. When we come back, I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Stop for a moment. Why are you listening to this show? Are you dreaming of a bigger, brighter financial future? More personal freedom to live life on your own terms? What if there was just one skill that could make it happen? There is. Sales. Robert Kiyosaki says every entrepreneur must be good at sales. It's true for investors too. Sales is how you attract money, people, and opportunities. Sales is the skill used to negotiate deals and lead your team. Sales skills are essential to success. The good news is it's a learnable skill. The great news is we've created a two-day interactive workshop to teach those skills to you. Make plans today to attend How to Win Funds and Influence People, Mastering the Art of Financial Selling, for dates and details, send an email to sales at realestateguysradio.com or visit realestateguysradio.com and look under events. Gain the skills you need to succeed. Email sales at realestateguysradio.com or look under the events tab at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Garrett Sutton, Rich Dad's advisor. Remember, equity happens, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show, no matter how you did that today, whether it's the podcast, the uh, radio uh, version, or whichever way you found The Real Estate Guys, tell a friend. It's uh, I, I can't remember, Russ, the last time we uh, did a, a recording on a construction site. We've done it before. I just can't remember the last time. We have done so many shows in so many places. <laughs> I mean, that... That alone would make some great stories. So great stuff to uh, to hear from Victor. We've had a chance to get to know Victor over the last few months, and uh, this whole idea of raising capital. There's a ton of stuff he does. Right, you talk on development, you can talk on just investing. His book about how Canadians have been able to take advantage of uh, another market. You know, just anybody who's in a market where there's not opportunities, right? The mindset of I can go somewhere else where there is. I say live where you want to live, invest where the numbers make sense. So there's a lot to talk about. But I think this raising capital part is uh, is really critical for anybody who wants to expand beyond passive real estate investor. Well, you know, I think you can see we're really kindred spirits, right? There was so many things he was saying. It was like, oh yeah, that's great. That's great. That's great. You know, and we felt the same way. Hey, nobody's teaching this. We yeah. started teaching it and he started teaching it. It's no surprise that our paths have crossed. 
and uh, and that we have so much in common, especially the abundance mentality. I'm sure some people listening to this, well, isn't he teaching a class very similar to the class you're teaching? And aren't you guys doing a seminar the week before he's doing a seminar and you're promoting his seminar? Why would you do that? Well, for the same thing he's been saying the whole time, it's not about us, right? right? We're trying to get the message out. We're trying to get people out there in the audience, in any audience, anywhere, to understand the opportunity and the benefit that you bring to the world, right? There are people out there who get up every day. They practice law. They practice medicine. They own businesses. They make money. They live below their means. They accumulate a bunch of dollars sitting in a bank account doing zero. They're staring at the stock market at all-time highs, teetering on the brink of who knows what. So much uncertainty out there. Real estate is a safe haven asset, and it's an income-producing asset. It's an asset he talked about moving the line, creating value. It's an asset that you don't have to buy at market price. You can buy below market, and it's not something you have to hope and pray that somebody else somewhere will do something. You or the person you've invested in can take control of the asset and drive value and create that value. When he talked about that strategy that Ken McElroy has been using forever, right? Buy an asset, force the equity, refinance the asset, pull your chips off the table, be in for free with positive cash flow. That's great. I mean, that's the magic formula. And the other thing is, you know, I'm thinking back on the interview with George a few weeks back. And, you know, you get around these smart people, guys like Victor, and you think, oh, this, these people have accomplished so much. They're going to, they're going to give me these amazing formulas and they're going to give me this amazing and it's just going to be, it's not about the information. Right. You know, what you're going to find out is it's just a lot of common sense stuff and these people actually go do the thing they're talking about instead of just talk about it. And that's super interesting too. So it, I mean, just sitting here listening to Victor, I can't wait to dive into his book. I'm planning on being in New York, you know, even though it's back-to-back weekends, actually three weekends in a row for us on the road. But I'm pretty sure there's going to be a room full of interesting people that uh, I, I'm going to want to get to get a chance to meet. And the other thing is, anytime I have an opportunity to spend time with George Ross, I think I need to do that. Why wouldn't you? I mean, uh, it's amazing. And this is the whole thing about getting around the right people. The reason we are such big proponents of live events is you never know where it's going to lead. We were doing our syndication event. A friend of mine says, hey, I have this friend from Canada. I think you guys really need to meet. His schedule allows him to be here for for a day. I'm like, well, that's awesome. I'm going to be going crazy during the event, but get him down here. And we went to dinner that night. And next thing you know, George Ross is on our show. So you never know where something's going to lead. If you're home in your cubicle on your computer screen, pretty sure that not anything great is going to happen, right? You're not going to meet the right person. You're not going to get into the next relationship. You got to get out. It's a big, beautiful world. Hey, big thanks to Victor for sharing his ideas today. If you want to get insight into some of the way that George Ross thinks, you're definitely going to want to hear these calls that uh, Victor's been able to record. All you do is send an email to george at realestateguysradio.com and you'll get uh, access to those plus the information about the event. Until next week, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888 888- 
489-7723, extension 4, or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.